I'm Brad Musburger. This is your home for the Brian Hanks Show and the VSIN Sports Network. Bet on the bull, WRNF's Kinston. Dude, I, I got to say it. I pretty much say it every time that you're on and we hear uh, Brent Musburger say my name. Dude, Brent Musburger had my name in his mouth, dude. How cool is that? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I, I, <laughs> it's it's interesting every time I hear it. I'm like, wow, I can't believe that's Brent. <laughs> I know, man. I know. You know what? I tell you, hey, Jason's listening right now. We got to get him to cut one and say, uh, hey, every t- no Brent Musburger, every Tuesday on the Brian Hanks show, Richard Clark. Uh, you would like that, right? <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> hey, Jason, let's let's see what we can do to make that happen. That would be absolutely awesome. Hey, uh, wrapping up one of the things uh, from our last hour, Leo Lockhart, just one of the great referees in our neck of the woods. Uh, he said that when he when uh, Kobe was or Kobe White was in Greenfield in Wilson, that uh, he was uh, about six three, maybe even six four when he was at Greenfield. So. There you wow. go. He must have grown. I, like I said, I swear, I talked to him quite a bit. We talked to him after every game of the Holiday Invitational. He, in fact, he ended up, he is now in the, what, 51-year history of it, the all-time leading scorer. He scored, what, 40-some points a game and whatever. Uh, and I remember talking to him, and I didn't think he was that much taller than me, and I'm just barely six foot, dude. But anyway, wow. uh, let's get back to the NBA talk uh, real quick. We talked about Boston. Uh, just uh, listen, it's your platform now. Uh, a couple of burning issues in the NBA right now with you, Rich. Um, no real burning issues other than here we go. Uh, I think the officiating has changed a little bit because the games I've watched since the All-Star break have been slugfest, man. They have let them just kill each other. So I'm curious to see if this holds or if they um, if they go back to how it was before. But that's the one I've noticed so far. And, you, and you're seeing some teams really, like Jovic right now, have you seen – I think I sent it to you, actually, what he's done in the last three games since the All-Star Insane. break. Making history. Yeah, so, so you're starting to see the, the, the cream. So like, okay, now it's time. Um, so it's going to get good from here on out. Well – uh, just the playoff race, I think it's going to be very exciting. As we said at the end of the first hour, we both agree that uh, Boston's the best team in the NBA. It's amazing. Uh, and listen, when they signed Porzingis, I knew that he was going to make a difference. I didn't think he was going to kind of make the kind of difference he has made to this point, though. But I tell you what, he is – here, I talk about getting monotonous here. He has been the difference maker for the Celtics, hasn't he? Well, yes, but some of that is how their Celtics are using him. So you got to come in to coaching staff because um, they're using him. They're not letting other teams play guards on him. Uh, they just immediately post him up. I think Bill and Ryan were talking about that on their show, but just saying they they immediately just figure out who the mismatch is and they go to it. Um, and that matters. I mean, if you're going to try to play a, a, a six five guy on a seven-footer, that seven footer, everybody talks about they wanted to where the center play go and all that. You know where it went? It went outside by the three point line. Nobody wants to get down in the block and do anything down there anymore. So it's nice to see Porzingis using his size to his advantage to some degree. And we, I feel like all I'm doing is just making your or backing up your points, but you're absolutely right. When you have a rookie coming in who's seven foot six and he takes two or three three pointers a game. That speaks exactly to what you're talking about there, doesn't it? 
Well, and yes, and some of some of Victor's problem is he's young yet, so I, I'm not going to hold him to that yet. He's got to figure that out, but you know because he's not strong enough quite yet to punish him. But that's where the big man play is. You have to be even Embiid, who is the best big man in basketball. Jovich probably has an argument to that, but those are the two <laughs> best ones. But Embiid has all those skills, but he's not Shaq down in there. He just doesn't punish you. He's just a lot of jump shots and things like that. Um, so, you know, you have to be able to – they're going to play somebody, you know, six inches shorter than you. You have to be able to punish that in the NBA. Well, in basketball in general, really, but definitely in the NBA. Well, there you go. Well, listen, Richard Clark, man, I appreciate you. Again, we can, dude, I got something in a bag for you here. We got to just hook up and get it to you, okay? Or if I Absolutely, got if no I got to mail it to you, I'll do that too. But uh, man, dude, thank you so much. And uh, I like the idea of us. I try uh, to call you, but you never answer your phone. So you well, know. I don't remember getting called. That must have been the day, dude. I you do know I didn't even have a show on this past Thursday. Well, no. Because the oh, AT&T. I didn't, but I got I have AT and T too. So I woke up that day. You know, we talk about the millennials <laughs> and all them. I mean, I woke up and was lost. I do everything on my phone, work everything. I didn't know what to do. I got in the car, couldn't call my girlfriend. I was like, Oh my god, what am I supposed to do now? Uh, we have whatever. Same <laughs> I love it. I love it. Listen, Rich, thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Thanks for having me. There you go. That's Richard Clark from the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. Coming up here in just a few moments. In fact, we're going to call him right now. We're going to talk to uh, Ken Winfrey from Winston-Salem State University. I'll tell you what, before we do that, though, let me tell you about, let's see, we've talked about Parrot Academy. Let me tell you about Woodman Life. Uh, we talked a little bit about it with Danny Rice winning a uh, prestigious award from them last night or being presented with one last night. Listen, I've had my life insurance with Woodman Life for more than, or in fact, 15 years, 15 whole years. I could not be happier with it. I know if something bad happens to me, those I care for are going to be very well taken care of. The beauty of Woodman Life, though, isn't just the peace of mind that I have with it, but that it's an organization that truly cares for our community is evidenced by its donations of American flags to every group, organization, church, or government agency that needs one here in Eastern North Carolina. Listen, thank you so much to Danny Rice, the great Danny Rice, to Jared Edwards and Woodman Life for sponsoring the Brian Hanks Show. If you need a good life insurance quote or even financial advice, call Jared at 252-361-2414 or visit him at 1136 Highway 258 North in Kenston. That's beside Highland Furniture and across from Cell Automone. Again, thank you so much to Woodman Life for being one of our day one sponsors here on the Brian Hanks Show. We are honored to have joining us here on our Spence Automotive guest line right now. He is the voice of Winston-Salem State Athletics, including those Rams basketball teams that are up in Baltimore this week. It's Ken Winfrey joining us. I I've never met you in person, so uh, hi, I'm Brian. How are you, Ken? Good morning, Brian. A little bit tired this morning. Uh, the, the voice may be a little bit scratchy. We had an incredible basketball game last night. Our women beat Louis State 64 to 61. And we'll play again at 4.30 this afternoon against Johnson C. Smith out of Charlotte. That is awesome. I can't wait to hear about all that. Listen, I'm going to be picking your brain uh, over the next 15, 20 minutes or so about Winston-Salem State, about, uh, of course, our three young men who are there in Amaji and Isaac Parson and Jeremy Dixon, just the history of ENC players making it out to Winston-Salem State, all that. But 
we were the big issue as you know and i know you've had to hurt it too especially since it happened right there in your city on saturday uh between duke and wake forest but just the court storming issue and we we talked to our guests yesterday we talked to our first hour guest today ken i just wanted to pick your brain as someone who's been around college athletics as long as you have your thoughts on uh just court storming does it need to be outlawed uh how would you manage it all that ken you know, as as a Wake Forest graduate uh, back when, uh, uh, just shortly after Moses brought the tablets down to the mountain, uh, back in the old days, uh, you know, when I was awake, a big win over any of the big four teams or in the NCAA playoffs was something that really got the entire student body fired up. But I think the biggest thing at Wake was rolling the quad with toilet paper after a big win. But... Um, you know, in this fan time, with these huge arenas where you have maybe 15,000 people, such as the Joel Seats, uh, the Home of Wake Forest, or the Ding Dome, you know, 20, what, 21, 22,000 seats, there's just so many more people now. You know, when I was at Wake, our, our enrollment was less than 2,000. Now you got 6,000 students, and everybody running onto the court. Uh, I have no problem with it if they can get the opposing team safely off the court. But as long as the other team is on the court, nobody has any business of being out there except those who need to be out there. So I would be firmly against it. And I really think the NCAA needs to step up and ban the court rushing. I know, uh, you know, in football, where fans sometimes rush the field and tear the goalposts down, uh, very, very dangerous. Uh, and after all, you know, we're there to see these incredible young student athletes play. And I never want to see anything that would happen that would endanger their safety. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly there, uh, Ken. Hey, so how would you do it? Let me put uh, We were talking about this with Richard Clark, our guest in our last hour. I'm going to make you the, uh, the, the sports czar here for the next three minutes. What would you do? What kind of penalty would you give? Uh, a school, and I'm not talking about just ACC. I'm talking about if it happened at Kansas or at UCLA or uh, Cal State, Fullerton, wherever. What kind of penalty would you assess uh, that home team if uh, if a, a court rushing does occur? I think you've got to look at potentially a forfeit of the game. Wow. Because money doesn't mean anything. You take a school like Alabama. Uh, a school like Wake Forest, uh, uh, a UCLA. Well, I think South Carolina was fined $100,000 last year for rushing the court during a basketball game. You know, that's chump change for those schools. Yep. You've got to make something happen that will get people's attention and say, hey, folks, you know, if we beat Duke this afternoon, do not rush the court because we will have to forfeit the game. Yeah. I love it. That, that was, have no, no, go ahead, Ken. I'm sorry. They, uh, they, they have no concept that the, that the NCAA is going to find the school $100,000. Uh, you know, that would even cover two years tuition at Wake Forest. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Ken Winfrey, the voice of Winston-Salem State Athletics, joining us live here on our Spence Automotive guest line on the Brian Hanks Show this morning. And I should have done this first. You you said you went to college with uh, Moses. 
Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, the first time you've been here on the show for folks who are not familiar with you here in Kenson and Eastern North Carolina. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Ken. Well, I started my career at the Winston-Salem Journal back in 1971. Uh, I worked alongside Miss Mary Garber, who is considered to be the pioneer of women's sports writers, as she's in every Hall of Fame in America, uh, involving sports and journalism. Well, Miss Mary was just an absolute delight to work with. Uh, I covered Winston-Salem State when Big House Gaines was coaching and uh, what a wonderful, wonderful gentleman he was. Gentleman Carl Casey, uh, Carl Casey, rather, at Wake Forest. Uh, and um, Bones McKinney, but he was the coach of Wake. And Bones used to tell, I, I actually retired from the U.S. Olympic program. I was second in charge of the Olympic program for 20 years. Went to work for the Olympic program in 1977. And Bones McKinney, one of the funniest people I have ever known in my life. For those who do not know, Wake, uh, Bones was a Baptist preacher who was the basketball coach of Wake Forest. And uh, Bones actually used an airplane seatbelt to keep him on the bench. <laughs> I used him at several of our Olympic board meetings as a featured speaker. And the folks begged me not to ask him back because they laughed so hard. They said, you know, my thighs are probably going to ache for a week. But Bones told one joke that I thought was especially funny. And uh, Billy Packer, dear friend of mine, who obviously uh, passed a couple of years ago, and Billy Packer swears that it was true. Uh, Bones says there used to be a referee at Cameron Indoor Stadium. His name was Lou Bellows. He called every home game at Duke. He said, we're playing down there about eight minutes into the basketball game. Absolutely every call has gone against us. So I called timeout, and I got Billy and Lenny Chapel, uh, who was the big tall center on the weight team, said, got all the guys around. We said, boys, this is what we're going to do. So I looked at Billy. I said, Billy, when we go out there, back on the court, I want you in front of Bones every move, or in front of Blue, every move that he makes. And Lenny, Lenny was, what, 6'10"? He said, I want you behind him. If he goes to the left, you go to the left. If he turns around, Lenny, you're right there. So this goes on for about 45 seconds. And Lou Bellows blows the whistle, calls timeout, walks over to Bones and said, Bones, what on earth is going on? Bones said, I looked at Lou and said, well, Lou, I've always told my guys to kill the one, uh, uh, double team the one that's killing us the most. <laughs> oh, my God. That's I have never heard that story. That is awesome. That is crazy. Um, he asked Lou one time to say, can you give me a technical foul for what I'm thinking? And Lou said, of course, my bones. He said, I'm thinking you're the worst referee that's ever lived. <laughs> did he get the tech? He did not. <laughs> Lou was a man of his words. <laughs> well, I got to give you a little personal thing on me. I grew up in Wilkes County. I attended North Wilkes High School and, uh, so I grew up, when you said Mary Garber, I mean, I mean that jumps in my head. I mean, we subscribed to the uh, Winston-Salem Journal up in, in Thurman, North Carolina, up in uh, Wilkes County. And uh, I graduated high school in 87. I mean, it was a thrill to uh, have our school uh, in the Winston-Salem Journal, which, you know, we would play uh, North Forsyth every once in a while. And, uh, you know, schools and like I that. I went to North. You went to North? I graduated from North. What year did you graduate? Uh, back in 1973. 
Well, you're, you're a little bit older than me. I graduated in 87, but I just, I did. I, I loved it. I mean, uh, we went on a, a school trip one time to Winston-Salem State. Uh, so, I mean, I just, I grew up uh, just a, a fan of Wake Forest and Winston-Salem State. My very first college basketball game I ever attended was uh, there at WSSU. My first football game I ever attended, college football game, was at Wake Forest. So, I mean, I, I, Hey, listen, there was no bigger treat than uh, for us than to go to Haynes Mall. It was the closest mall to us. And then uh, you always, before you went home, you always had to go by the Krispy Kreme store and get you a couple dozen donuts. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> then head, head <laughs> back up 421, you know? Well, have you uh, heard of the Frank Spencer Holiday Classic? I have. Absolutely. I started that tournament 49 years ago. Wow. I, I, of course I've heard of it. I didn't know you were the one that started it, Ken. That is awesome. Uh, it was the 50th anniversary of the uh, All-Northwest Tournament that Frank Spencer started when he was a sports writer at the Winston-Salem Journal back in 1926. And it was recognized as by uh, Ripley's Libre Nut that when it started, there were eight schools uh, that participated in it the first year. Only five of those schools had indoor gyms. When it concluded in 1951, there were 168 schools competing. All but five had indoor gyms. Uh, Ripley's recognized it as the largest basketball tournament in the world. Wow. Well, Frank we, used to give everybody, back in the early days, he would give every player that came a quarter to go have lunch at the old Renolda Grill down on Renolda Road in Winston-Salem. A quarter for lunch. <laughs> Boy, those were the days, I don't think they? You, I don't think you can even get a cup of ice, you know, at one of the <laughs> convenience stores for a quarter now. <laughs> no, you absolutely can. Let me tell you, uh, my North Wilkes Vikings, we, we weren't quite good enough to uh, play in uh, that tournament, but, man, uh, I, like I said, man, I just I love the Winston-Salem Journal. I'm an old newspaper guy myself. I was in newspapers for 25 years before I got out in 2016. So uh, when you cut my veins, Ken, uh, ink comes flowing out, okay? Unfortunately, uh, newspapers, I, I, I think, uh, are a dying thing in this country. Everything now is more online. You know, I like to have the paper in my hands. You know, get a little... Uh, ink on my fingers, uh, getting it fresh off the press. Absolutely. But now everything is online, and it's just not the same. Well, you do but, a good uh, job. Well, listen, I'm, the best decision I made, and I know you know Takema Parson, uh, Takema and Tad Parson, the parents of uh, Isaac Parson up at uh, WSSU now, uh, but I saw that she would read – post your stuff on facebook so i sent you a friend request and that's one of the best things i've ever done to be able to keep up with winston-salem state athletics is uh just look at your page every day you can see what's going on and I, that just is a perfect segue to uh our talk about a kinston and lenore county uh, connection and even green county connection that we have right now with winston-salem state i tell you what the trio of young men between isaac and jeremy dixon and Maji dodd uh, they're doing pretty well for your Rams, aren't they? They most certainly are. You know, uh, Isaac Parson, uh, I know Isaac quite well. Uh, just an incredible young man. Uh, last year when he went down with the broken wrist in the semifinals of the Scott AA tournament here in Baltimore, had to have surgery at John Hopkins uh, while he was in Baltimore. And when we played for the championship, the next day, I'm 
made a remark during the broadcast. I said, I guarantee you that we are going to see Isaac Carson in this arena this afternoon. And sure enough, I looked down, there was Isaac. Wow. Uh, the Lord has blessed the young man. I think he, he works so hard once he was cleared to get back on the basketball court. And it shows. Uh, in my humble opinion, and I have said this, Cleo Hill Jr., our head coach at Winston-Salem State, has said this. He is absolutely the best point guard in this country in Division Two, And maybe in Division One also. He is just absolutely incredible. Uh, second year, all-CAA, all-CAA uh, backcourt team uh, just uh, uh, selected – and announced on Sunday, uh, he is the heart and soul, along with Jalen Austin, who is a, a project of Eastern Guilford High School in uh, in Greensboro. Yep. Um, those two are the heart and soul of this Rams basketball team. And a lot of people counted us out after uh, we got off to a rough start on the away game. Uh, we ended up losing five games in the division. We swept the Northern Division. But we lost five games in the Southern Division by four of those by a total of eight points. Wow. And we ended up the number three seed. So our men will play tomorrow afternoon, or actually tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. I may just spend the night at the arena tonight. Um, but Isaac, I mean, what can you say about him? Humble. Oh, my gosh. One of the most humble young men I've ever known in my life. Uh, Amaje. A, a man among boys on the court. Um, I have seen him with two block shots this year that are the best, most powerful blocks that I have ever seen at a college basketball game at any level. Wow. Um, somebody said to me after the first one at the game center, why didn't they catch that shot he blocked? I said, because they wanted their hands to remain attached to their arms. <laughs> you know, we had to call the uh, the guys and come and replace the cement blocks there in the wall at the feet game center. <laughs> I have never seen a young man hit the, a ball. It, it, it must have been going 80 miles an hour when he blocked it. Wow. It was just incredible. Uh, Jeremy Dixon, you know, Jeremy uh, had a rough start last year. Uh, he had to go home before Christmas break uh, for some uh, to deal with some family issues, uh, but he has come on strong this year. He has improved every game. His three point shot, oh my goodness! Uh, he and Isaac both three three their three pointers are just absolutely incredible. Um, but he has meant so much to this basketball team this year. He's one of those unsung guys. You don't hear his name a lot, but he sure can change the outcome of a basketball game in just a very, very short amount of time. Well, the neat thing about uh, Ken, and again, that voice that you're listening to is Ken Winfrey. He is the voice of Winston-Salem State Athletics, including, like I said, the basketball teams, the Rams basketball teams that are in Baltimore this week. He is our big interview here today on the Brian Hanks Show. And as you know, our big interview is brought to you, the exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day here on the Brian Hanks Show is UNC Lenore 
Healthcare, nestled in the heart of Lenore County, right here in Kenston, UNC Lenore Healthcare's mission is to ensure exceptional health care for the people it serves. With a medical staff of more than 100 physicians, UNC Lenore Healthcare offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find at hospitals in larger cities. Visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road, right here in Kenston. For all your health care needs, or call them at 252-522-7000. You can also email them at info at Lenore.org or visit their comprehensive website at unclenore.org and again thank you to uh, beverly jenkins all the folks over at unc lenore Healthcare for being the exclusive sponsor of the big interview let's jump right back into it it's ken winfrey from winston-salem state you were just talking about ip and jeremy and amaji but this is not the first time uh young men and even young women from uh kenston and lenore county and even green county our neck of the woods have gone to winston state i mean i think just off the top of my head marquez jones who uh was a great jump shooter and a a great player victor holloway who played in the in the post for winston-salem state uh back in the early 2010s i mean it is crazy to me we have you'll love this can we have more kids from our neck of the woods that make it to winston-salem state than we even do to ECU or to UNC Wilmington or, you know, schools right here in our own footprint. Why do you think that is? Is it just great recruiting by Winston-Salem State? Or why do we have such an influx of young men and women that go from – and it's not even just athletes, Ken. I bet we've got right now probably 10 to 12, 15 kids from Kenston High School in our neck of the woods here that are students at Winston-Salem State. I think uh... – I've been the voice of the Rams for 13 years. Uh, Bill Hayes was the athletics director who asked me to come over and help uh, with marketing with the athletics program uh, 13 years ago. And on Monday before the first football game, he said, Ken, do you think you can get us on the radio? I said, Bill, it's Monday. We play Thursday. But I found the station uh, that had come back on the air, WCOB in Winston-Salem had come back as an oldie state and it had been Hispanic for a number of years. But I have done, uh, and Bill was the assistant football coach at North Forsyth when I went to North. So, you know, I had known Bill for over 50 years. Um, he became later the head football coach at Winston-Salem State, the winningest college football uh, coach in the history of North Carolina. But I've had the opportunity in these 13 years to interview dozens of our student-athletes. And we have something very special at Winston-Salem State, and we call it the Ramily. You know, our motto is the Rams or, or our mascot, and it really is truly a fantastic family atmosphere. Uh, I don't care where we play in football, we will have a bigger crowd than the home team. Wow. In basketball, we would have more people than the home team if we could get into their gyms, but most of the gyms are so small you know, we can only usually get about 50 tickets, maybe. Uh, but um, it, it's just uh, everybody pulls for each other. Our men's basketball team was in the arena last night uh, pulling for our women. Um, it, it, it's just so special. We have great coaches. You know, Cleo Hill Jr. has um, won two. NCAA basketball championships in the past four years. Uh, one of those years was a COVID year, so we didn't even play. Um, we uh, have a chance to repeat this year as NCAA champions. Uh, they are excellent recruiters. They recruit excellent young men and, and our women, excellent young women. 
people that you not only would be proud to have as a member of your team, but somebody that you would be proud to call your son or your daughter. Uh, I, I know uh, <laughs> in football, uh, uh, Alan Chavis, my color commentator in football, uh, there are a couple of the players that have deers. He's called him my son because, you know, <laughs> uh, and uh, you just develop a relationship with these young men and these young women. Uh, I, I'm Facebook friends with our student athletes, with many of our student athletes from my and their parents from my first year of broadcasting at Winston-Salem State. We are still Facebook friends, still communicate quite often, uh, relive the old days, <laughs> and uh, and the parents too. Uh, and I do something, uh, well, since we, uh, the CIAA took over the, the live streams three years ago. Before then, I was the first to do live streaming in the CIAA, uh, the first ever to live stream our baseball championships, our volleyball championships, our softball championships. And uh, I would give out my phone number <laughs> to the people watching and yeah. say, I don't care if you're, if you're the visitor, send me a text message. I'll give you a shout out. Um, tell me who you're, who you're cheering for. And I still have parents that occasionally will send me a text message and say, Mr. Ken, we miss hearing your voice. I say, well, I don't know about that, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, and the, the young men and the young women, like I said, I would adopt all of them if I could. Well, listen, uh, I, I, we, we've got to we've got to let you go here, but I've got to tell you, uh, Ken, it's been a treat to have you on, and I can tell you, uh, Takima Parson, when I told her last week that I was going to try to get you to come on the show, she was giddy. She was excited. So you talk about one of those uh, parents that love you. She thinks the world of you, and uh, as does uh, Coach Parson or Tad Parson also. They think the world of you. Listen, thank you so much for joining me. I, uh, good luck to Winston-Salem State this week. I hope the Rams uh, win another CIAA championship and that you're in the NCAA tournament here in a couple of weeks, uh, Ken. You know, we are, we are on a roll right now. Uh, our last four games have been routes, and we are certainly planning to uh, – win another ring on Saturday. And uh, folks, if you can't uh, uh, watch the game on, on the Cadillac uh, live stream, it's going to be televised. The games are televised on the SPN too, but you can always tune in. If I can give a promo, Brian, for please, please, absolutely. Uh, you can always listen to our games on WSNC 90.5 FM, our campus radio station. Well, listen, Ken Winfrey, Winston-Salem State University, thank you so much. It's been a treat for me to have you on this morning. Hope to have you back on sometime again, sir. Anytime. Give, feel free to give me a call. And, Brian, we do appreciate all the publicity that you give to Winston-Salem State. And keep that constant connection rolling for us. <laughs> hey, we got some good ones coming up through the system, okay? Sounds great. <laughs> Very good. Ken, thank you so much, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. There you go. That's Ken Winfrey from Winston-Salem State University. What a treat, man. You know what? It's easy for me or for some of our people around here to talk so well about our uh, great young men and uh, that play for Winston-Salem State, but to hear a legend like him talk about Isaac and Jeremy and Amaji and all of them, 
that, that that's even cooler man i mean that that is so cool to have that here on the show this morning Whew. talk about uh we go from Winston, we go from baltimore maryland to uh wheat swamp how about this or to elizabeth city actually as howard woolley the uh, head basketball coach of North North Girls, his Hawks will be traveling, uh, making that little short road trip, right, Coach Woolley, up to Elizabeth City? Yeah, short road trip. Well, <laughs> Your uh, Hawks will be uh, traveling up to Elizabeth City to take on Northeastern later on today. Uh, and I've got to ask the first question before we even break down your opponent and talk about you and uh, the, the, the great that I think you guys made a great run in the, uh, East central two, a tournament last week. Uh, what time y'all leaving today? What, what's the game plan? What's the, what's the game plan for this road trip up to Elizabeth city coach? Well, we're going to, we're going to start out early. We're going to leave around noon, Brian, and we're going to uh, stop over and go and corral and get something to eat. Everybody get full. And then we'll have a chance to get, let our food digest and, you know, take that little ride up the northeast in Elizabeth City. You know, definitely want to get there um, probably around 445 so we can be, you know, on the court 5 o'clock, 515 at the latest. You know, be prepared to start at 6 o'clock. That is, uh, that is all. So the game is at 6 tonight and not at 7 then? Yeah, that's correct. The initial time was 7 and they moved it up to 6. Okay, well, <clears throat> see, that's why I'm glad I had you on here today because I've been telling everybody 7 o'clock for the last couple of days. So 6 o'clock tonight as uh, the North and North Hawks will be traveling to Elizabeth City to take on Northeastern. Get it, give us a scouting report. I know uh, uh, that's something you've been looking into as soon as, soon as you found out on Saturday that that is who you were going to be playing for sure. Uh, get, give us a scouting report on Northeastern. Well, we had an opportunity to play them a few years ago, and, you know, they still have the, the main component on um, Jasmine Felton. Uh, we saw a couple of years ago, uh, she was either a freshman or a sophomore, but I, just watching her play, you knew that she had potential and she was going to be um, a very good basketball player, and, and she's held true to form. Um, she's a senior this year, and she's leading them. I think they're 20 and 7, and she's averaging, uh, she's a walking double double, 26 5, I think. and 13 rebounds, everything that they does go through her. Um, you know, she controls the flow of the game. And so the game plan is to, to try to um, limit what she does. Um, a player that plays like her, you know, it's going to be hard to stop her. But if we can just limit what she does and make some of the other people, you know, um, step up and play harder, you know, maybe we're, that, that would improve our chances. So that's the game plan. Is she a, a guard, a forward? She handled the ball. What 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 does she do for the team, she, coach? Yeah, she she she's, she's a guard. She handled the ball. Um, she's a slasher. She likes to dribble drive. She's not going to shoot the three that much. Um, she's going to penetrate and get get in the gaps and and score. And you know she likes to follow um loose balls. So if the ball is on the floor, she's going to go get it. Um, she's just an athlete who likes to play. Well, I tell you, before we break down your team, I wanted to uh, just – I was impressed. I got a chance to see you. Now, I didn't get to see your uh, quarterfinal game in the uh, East Central uh, last week, but a pretty good win for you guys in that. And then I thought you guys did as well as anybody could do against a, uh, a very good team in the East Central 2A uh, semifinals too. Just assess your uh, the, the conference tournament for you all last week, Coach. Uh, I thought we did very well in the conference tournament. Um, of course, I thought we could have done better against Southwest. They're a real good team. I just thought that we started out flat, and I think that game 
we kind of lost that game in the first quarter. And, and from, you know, the, the remaining three quarters, even though we played better, it was just a steep hill decline because we, we kind of stepped in a hole so early. But the um, first game against James Keenan was a very good game, um, as all of them were against James Keenan. And, you know, we started out, and I think at halftime we had a double-digit lead. Um, James Keenan came back in the third quarter um, real, real hard, real impressive. Um, made it a real competitive game, and I think we ended up winning by maybe um, five or seven points. But overall, we've been we've been coming along. You know, early on in the season, we struggled. We had a lot of issues with um, turnovers and, and free throws, and I think we've definitely gotten better with with both ends on that. We're shooting better at the free throw line, and we've done a better job protecting the basketball. So, uh, you know, I'm real pleased with where we are, and I, I really like our chances um, this evening, Brian. I think if we go and play hard and, and represent the conference, a very tough conference, when you look at our conference, and well, I think we had six teams that, that make the state playoffs, and that lets you know the level of competition that we face every day. Absolutely. We had, listen, we had your good friend, uh, Coach Bradshaw, on yesterday from Kenston High School. He said the exact same thing. And I didn't even realize that, Coach, until I looked up. Six of the seven teams in the East Central 2A made the state playoffs. No other conference. Uh, well, I don't know about boys. I can't speak for boys, but no other conference, girls-wise, had six of their seven teams make it to the state playoffs. That does speak volumes about this league, doesn't it? It does, and in addition to that, you take Wallace Rose Hill, the, the only team in the conference that did not make it. I think in the final um, polling, I think they was thirty four or thirty five. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that that goes to show you. You take Southwest, who obviously ran away with the conference um, this year, and East Duplin, who who I thought was actually the the, the best team, just didn't win the, the games. You know, but the other remaining teams in the conference, every night, you know, you could flip a corner how it was going to go because every game was competitive. Well, let's get the scouting report on your uh, your team tonight. And again, Howard Woolley joining us right now on the uh, Brian Hanks Show. Uh, how's the health of the team? How do y'all look going into Elizabeth City tonight? Um, we're, we're healthy. Um, I think we're excited. The girls are excited. And we're, we're going to go. We're not going to try to do anything special this late in the season. Brian, you just, you just do what you – what you've been doing the whole time or what you've been trying to do the entire time, and we're not going to make up anything new. Um, we're just going to go and play North Lenore basketball, and, and hopefully you know, we'll be good on defense. That's the main thing. Our, our, our game is centered around our defense, and if we can be good on defense, get in passing lanes, rebound the basketball, that, that'll start us in transition and get us into the offense. And on the offensive side of the ball, we don't want to do anything different. We want to, you know, run our sets if it's zone. And, you know, we want to attack the basket, get in, you know, try to get in there deep so we can get fouls and get to the free throw line. That's generally how we play. We like to play inside out. Um, we're not a good jump shooting team. And with that, we like to attack the basket, go downhill, and hopefully make some easy baskets or get fouls and get to the free throw line and get opportunities to, to um, put points on the board that way. Well, very good. Well, listen, Coach Woolley, uh, I, I'll, I'll raise the curtain and let everybody know. I messaged you this morning and asked you if you could join me. And as you graciously and generously always do, thank you for sharing your time with me this morning, Coach, and tell, giving us a little scouting report for tonight's game. Good luck tonight in Elizabeth City. You know we'll be pulling for you hard here in Lenore County, sir. Okay, Brian, thanks again for having me. Thank you, sir. That's Howard Woolley, North Lenore High School girls basketball. Let's get John and Jonathan in here. Let's play the birthday game. We'll come back and wrap up this uh, Tuesday, February 27th edition of the Brian Hanks Show right after that. 
Today is Tuesday, February the 27th in the year of our Lord, mm-hmm. 2024. It's time to play the birthday games. That game we play every day with my dear partner, John Dawson. Uh, Eve. And our son, Jonathan Massey. Double Eve. How's that work? <laughs> well, uh, we, you were adopted. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, we told you that years ago, you know. Don't you remember? I think we you forgot to, to tell me. You, there was a hole in the cage, and we there we go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. And I mean, look at his natural natural fluffiness over there. I mean, he's you know, he's got a lot of hair, well, beard anyway. Uh, <laughs> Pot yeah. or kettle, Brian? Pot or kettle? <laughs> Pot or kettle? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But uh, we play this every day. But you know what? Uh, now we're just doing it for fun, pretty much, because uh, who's singing? Jonathan Massey <laughs> won yesterday, his ninth day in a row. Nine days. It's never happened before in the four, almost four and a half years of us playing uh, the birthday game here. You've never won. Your best was eight days in a row. You've now won nine days in a row. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what are you going to do? Just watch you win, I guess. Win, 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 no matter what. I don't know the rest of that song. Money on my mind, I can never have enough. When I wake up in the hill and everybody's <laughs> hands go up. And they stay there. <laughs> they stay there. And they stay there. Up, down, up, down. My wife is walking down the hall and heard that. Look. Look. <laughs> it was not John or I, okay, wifey? John wants to hold that cat. <laughs> yeah. Over a fire. <laughs> Over a fire. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, uh, dude, uh, in, uh, in all seriousness, I mean, winning three or four in a row is impressive. Nine in a row, that's crazy. All are you gonna right. Hit, are you going to hit double digits today? We got it. Well, I'm going to try to. You know, a lot of people don't believe in me anymore. They they, they think, oh, Jonathan doesn't have any anymore. He's slumping. John, you think that? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, John's finally coming around to the game. He's finally understanding it. He's finally shown that he's capable of actually being productive. Nay, I was just taking a break. There you go. John's actually terrible. Yeah, John's not that good, is he? He did win two months in a row. He won December and January. I thought he was going to win three months in a row, but... Uh, it's good to see you. Uh, yeah, back in form. Yeah, back in form indeed. Okay. Uh, I, I have no more small talk. Uh, you got any small talk over there, John Dawson? What's, what day is this? Tuesday, February the 27th in the year of the Lord, 2024. Hmm. What's the origin of Tuesday, the word Tuesday? Does I'll look it up from? and see. Uh, what is the origin of Tuesday. Tuesday was named for the Roman god of war, mm-hmm. Mars. So in Latin, he was known as Deus Martis. However, the Germanic god of war was known as Tu, T-I-U, and the English day of the week is derived from this Germanic god's name instead, first known as Tuesday, T-I-W-S-D-A-Y, and eventually Tuesday. All right, that's more information than we need. I did not, but I didn't know that. Did you know that? I didn't. One of my favorite songs is by the Moody Blues called Tuesday Afternoon. Are you familiar with that song? No, but I'm familiar with the band Till Tuesday. Why don't you play stick with what I was saying first and play uh, Tuesday Afternoon by the Moody Blues. It's on the same album as Nights in White Satin. Oh, I do know this. I've heard this before. Great song. Is your ear itching over there, Jonathan? Nah, it, after it, these headphones sit on it for any amount of time. Granted, we just started... But, uh, oh, that he's actually saying Tuesday there. 
afternoon. <laughs> Why was that such a shock? Want a Kit Kat? I'm good, thank you. Want a Kit Kat? Yeah, come on, live. Oh, sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. Thank you. Why don't we listen to this for a minute while we both eat a Kit Kat here? You want? You don't want a Kit Kat? This is, this segment is called eating a Kit. Don't do that. <laughs> eating a Kit Kat while listening to the Moody Blues. <laughs> That's very ta- David Letterman. I'm going to tag the Moody Blues website on this. Right. Justin Hayward singing his heart out and we're eating chocolate. I can't you get mine open. You, Priscilla? Yeah, will you open it for yes. me? Thank you. <laughs> you want to tell them what just happened there, Jonathan? Yeah, well, John's helping an old man open the plastic <laughs> that was designed to be opened by children. Thank you. Thank you. Do you think children can open this? Hold on. Some great vocals coming here. You're going to go even higher, Brian. You think you can get that high, Brian? No. I don't want to ruin his song. He opened my Kit Kat Doesn't for me. Doesn't go great with the chocolate? Mm-hmm. Do you not like Kit Kats? I'm not a big chocolate person. God, he didn't like anything. I'm looking at myself, reflections of my mind. It's just another thing to leave myself behind. It's so non sequitur, I love it. You know what? While you while we play this, hold on, hold on. All right, now I love it, Jonathan Massey. While this is while Tuesday afternoon is playing underneath here, why don't you tell us about Goeco Technology Service Provider? Well, Goeco, by the way. Goeco Technology Service Providers, a wonderful, wonderful company. They've uh, done plenty of stuff, including sponsor this segment on this show. And they've uh, procured, Brian, a beautiful Canon MF420 copier that has seen seen many miles go across it. But uh, it has not slowed it down, not one bit. No, it hasn't. And uh, I don't know why I love doing that, but I do. Um, well, the fact that it's stolen... Probably. Oh, yeah. No, I got it from Goeco, so it's not stolen. Okay. <laughs> no, somebody got it from Goeco. I don't know where you got it. Wait, did the you steal it from Goeco? The money used to purchase it was stolen. Ah, that's probably true. Yeah. It was, uh, anyway. Well, it's the only way we get, never mind, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Tell us about uh, how we can get to Hey! <laughs> You know how to get in touch with Jacques Pasley, Goeco Technology Service Provider, right? The blues are playing and you're doing that blasphemy. Man, I just spit on my computer. (laughs) (laughs) The wheels have fallen off and I love it. Oh, it was a little piece of chocolate wafer. Come on now. Okay, uh, how do we get hold of Jacques? You dial 252. 252. Two? You're not going to help I'm me? I'm sorry. You threw me off with your spittle. <laughs> with my spittle. Okay, do it again. 252. 252-286-286-53-53-54. Or you can visit his websites, not just on Tuesday afternoon, but any afternoon. Yes. GoEcoNC.com. What is GoEco.com? And uh, Bucklesberry.com. That's right. Very good. Okay, I know before I even start playing this, I don't Show even want to. Show me the money! I know I'm not your John Dawson. You're gonna. This is a him singing it. I am fully aware of this. Okay. First of all, I've never sounded like that, even as an embryo. <laughs> even as an embryo. Okay. Anyway, I found another Tuesday song by uh, Leonard Skinner. Yeah, but it's the younger brother of Ronnie Van Zant. Play one that he sang on. <laughs> 
What is one he sang on? This is Ronnie, Johnny Van Zant's the younger brother. Yeah, but there's nothing popular that has come out well, since. Well, that's not, that's your opinion. Oh. They, they've sold a few million records with him also. No they, way. Yes, they have. Do you believe that, Jonathan? He had a solo hit called Brickyard Road that was a massive hit. I have never heard it. Well, that's because you don't know anything about music. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I will say this. He's getting mean in his old age over there. <laughs> I just gave you a Kit Kat, man, and... Something that happened last week, I was listening to the show, where you two are arguing about his music. You two argue more about Third of Never music than anything else, and it is gold every time. Brickyard Road, they play it at every NASCAR event there's ever been. No, I don't want to play stuff that you don't know that other people do. Exactly, no. I want to play stuff I know. Well, he's not on this. By God, it's the Brian Hanks show. I want to play my Brian Hanks shows. He's not on this song, Brian. (laughs) You might as well have played Metallica. (laughs) Now, in his defense, he's on that just as much as he is this. I I don't do this often, but in his defense, he did say before he started, I know he's not on this. I did say that. Thank you. Well, that's like saying... It's I like mean, going is to the he top right of the Empire doing- State Building and saying, I know I don't have a safety chain in jumping. <laughs> it doesn't now, make any difference. Now, does that mean he should have done it? Probably not. not. Dude, all but- the songs they have here for Leonard Skinner, not one of them is from the past. I don't care what that the logarithm says on that stupid website. I'm telling you, they put albums out with him that were hits on rock radio. Well, all right, damn it. Either you two fight or you kiss, but I'm sitting here until one of those two things happens. <laughs> it's going to be a fight. It's not going to be a kiss. Yeah. I can tell you that. Well, I can tell you how you can win the fight, Brian. Oh, by kissing him. Yeah. Oh, I see. I got you. Johnny Van Zant. Today is his birthday, uh, Jonathan Massey. I'm not participating until we play a song he sung. <laughs> oh, dear God. Okay, what? What's the song? Um... <laughs> Smokestack Lightning by Leonard Skinner. Smokestack Lightning by Howling Wolf. By Leonard Skinner. Smokestack Lightning by Grateful Dead. How many bands had a... By John Lee Hooker. Good Lord. If you would type it in, it would go right to The Yardbirds. Cutting all this out. (laughs) No, no, no. This is what makes this fun, dude. Is that a common song? Just aggravating me is not fun. Yes, it's a... This is a there's an I'm old not saying, blue, I'm, there's an old blues song called Smokestack Lightning. This is a okay. different song with the same title. Okay. I just I, it was a number one song on rock radio for three weeks when it came out. Which was in nineteen ninety something. They sold ninety seven copies. No. Uh, <laughs> That'd be funny went, if it was true though. Gold, as a matter of fact. Uh, is that is that nineteen ninety one? Right, that explains why. That does not sound like Leonard Skinner. It's the entire band with a different singer. The entire band? Okay, let's get over this. Johnny Van Zandt, how old is he today, John Dahl, uh, Jonathan Massey? 68. You said 68. What do you say, John Dawson? 67. He was born uh, February 27, 1960. So he is 64 years old today. Congratulations. Uh, who got that? He did. did. He did. You did. So you lead one to nothing. Okay, uh, next one. Dude, it was hurting my ears, man. Oh, see, stop. That's dumb hip-hop crap you listen to, and you can't listen to a Skinner's song. Yeah, I'm going to put some hip-hop on and make you listen to it for the rest of this yeah, segment. Then I'll, what are you going to do? Then the segment will be two minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, she's the daughter of Bill and Hillary. It's Charles Bonner. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Chelsea. Chelsea. Chelsea Clinton. Today is her birthday, John Hurt my Dawson. Ears. My God. <laughs> How old is Chelsea Clinton today, John Dawson? Can you imagine the, all the poor, all the stuff that poor girl's had to go through in her life? Well, especially, and they think her dad is actually Webb Hubble. She looks just like oh the guy that uh, Hillary used to work with during the uh, oh really financial scandal uh-huh. uh, that she was embroiled in in that firm before Bill was president Whitewater yeah look at Webb Hubble father Hillary and she looks really just, just like him the jowls and everything oh that's fantastic uh forty you say forty what do you say Jonathan Massey She was born February the 27th, 1980. She's 44 today, so congratulations, Jonathan Massey. You get that. It's tied up one to one. Get your girl ready. Okay. No, don't do it yet, but just get it ready, okay? Was it Bill's birthday? <laughs> no, that would mean for you. <laughs> no, she was Zoe Barnes in House of Cards. She's oh. a great granddaughter of the founder of the New York Giants. It's lovely and talented. Kate Marr. Is she not worthy of a... I got to <clears throat> Brian on this. Dude, you agree, right? Kevin Spacey, bless his heart, is a great actor. There's one scene in particular that we're not going to talk about on the air, but you could tell it was not his sport. Back to you, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Is that when he visited her at her apartment? The one I said we're not going to talk about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to you, Brian. Man, what a great, just a, mm. she's beautiful, man. I, I, yeah, all three of us, yeah. Kate Morrow, man. Yeah. And I've seen when I see her another, because she was only on, we, we don't want to ruin it for anybody, but she was only on House of Cards for one season. I got to say that her character was getting so annoying and self-righteous by the end of it, I was rooting for the train. <laughs> Dude! That's, I told you we weren't going to give away how well, it ended. It's, it's been out for 10 years. I mean, come on. God, that was such Let's a good it. show, man. That first season, I put the first season of House of Cards up against pretty much anything. I put it up against the first season of Sopranos, although that was genius and awesome. The first season of Scrubs, which is my favorite first season probably of any show, that was just, man, first season of Scrubs. Was, but they're different type shows, too. Yeah. I mean, you're talking sitcom versus drama. What uh, what other first seasons? I would, the first season of Twin Peaks and Miami Vice, because yeah, both of those were... went off to deep end later. But first yeah. season. Well, I think House of Cards went off to deep end. It was unwatchable the fifth season when. It's, it wasn't unwatchable. Uh, did you watch the fifth season of it? Nope. Did you watch the first season of it? Yeah. Okay. And the third and the second, second, third and fourth. fourth. Yeah. Dude, it just it was that last season was it was unwatchable. I mean, it was to me it was just it was so terrible. Now let me be frank. The interaction she had with her editor is when I started rooting for the train. Hey, anyway, well, I'm not disagreeing 30, with you on that. Thirty-eight. You say thirty-eight. What do you say, John Dawson? Thirty-seven. Uh, she was born February twenty-seventh, nineteen eighty-three. She's only forty-one, or she is forty-one today. Wow. Yeah. So you take a two-to-one lead there, Jonathan Matthew. You are on your way to your tenth day in a row this is awesome uh, this one's built for you john dawson though they call him big game james he led carolina to the 1982 national title and the lakers to four nba championships it's gastonia native james worthy james worthy 
Tell tell young Jonathan Massey over here how dominant James Worthy was because he was very do- – everybody talks about, oh, the Lakers wouldn't have won those titles without Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They don't win those without James Worthy. I'm telling you now. You know more about this than I do, but would you not say he was at least best glue man ever with that team? Absolutely. Dude, he was well, – He's the reason I pulled for the Lakers. Yeah. I oh, mean, I, I don't know, know about that, but I'm telling you, dude, what he was just such a – he was a player before his time. James Worthy would be as good now as he was back in the 80s and 90s. He really would, dude. Because he had a 2024-type game. I mean, he could he actually could shoot out to 15 or 16 feet. He, Man, if a rebound was, he, he was within go. two feet of his grasp, he had he it. He could go coast to coast. He, yep, he could handle the ball. Yeah. He could handle the ball. So I'm saying James Worthy was a player before his time he really was and again if you when you see the magic johnson interviews about james worthy when you see kareem talk about magic or about uh james worthy all of, they always talk best teammate too everybody loved him that played with him said he was and i know he's a carolina guy and that's the only part that ruins it for me but uh God. but man a james worthy great great player so how old is he today there john dawson let me get a calculator so I can get this close to right when I'm wrong. Let's see. Talk amongst yourselves. You look good today, uh, Jonathan Massey. I look good every day, Brian. I mean, you thank do. you. <laughs> but you do. You do. You're Of the three of us, you're easily the best-looking guy in the room. That was age thing. We'll see how I'm looking in 20 years. Uh, you look good, though, man. Dude, you grow a beard so incredibly fast it blows my mind. I shaved it yesterday morning. Down to the skin. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 61. Uh, you say 61. What do you say, Jonathan Massey? 62. He was born February 27th in the year for Lord 1961. He is 63 today. Yeah. Congratulations. You've clinched your 10th day in a row, Jonathan Massey. Not only have you won February in commanding fashion, you've won 10 days in a row. This is insane. Okay. Uh, we're wrapping up today with a dead person. Aww. One of my favorite authors of all time. He wrote The Grapes of Wrath and Of Mice and Men, among other great novels. It's Steinbeck. John Steinbeck. He died in 1968. But, uh, man, grapes are grapes. grapes. (laughs) That was a sequel. There you go. The grapes of uh, Wraith. The grapes of Lovick's. (laughs) The grapes of Lovick's. And uh, of Mice and Men, those were two of my favorite books. You know, I don't know about y'all, your education system here in Lenore County, which is awesome, by the way, since they are a sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show, the Lenore County Public School System. See if I fix that for you. (laughs) There you go. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm sure... You guys read John Steinbeck here. Uh, so when you made that aloof face, when you mentioned it, that was... Hey, it was all complimentary and loving because I love LCPS. Well, I was Green County, so... Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Well, see, we can make fun of Green County because they're not a sponsor. But Lenore County Public Schools, we really do love them and appreciate them. Did you read Grapes of Wrath and of Mice and Men when you were in high school? Of course. Yeah. Loved them. Then watched mm-hmm. the movies, too. They were... So, yeah, I was Green County, so we, we had to read To Kill a Mockingbird, and, and we were led to believe that it was actually just a tutorial on how to kill a bird. <laughs> and, you know, that's not bad. Man, would you make John Dawson laugh? You know you've done a good job. This that is, was good. This is Gregory Peck. Anyway. There you go. Uh, John Steinbeck, uh, Jonathan Massey. He died in 1968, so he died 56 years ago. How old would he be if he were alive today? Hundred and seven. 
You say 107. What do you say, John Dawson? 112. Uh, you could have kept going. He was born February 27, 1902. So he would be 122 today mm. if he were still alive. Man, just great author, John Stanback. Hey, some uh, local birthdays and semi-local birthdays today. Uh, Matt Davis, today is his birthday. Used to be the voice of the Down East Wood Ducks. Yep. Uh, who just got engaged last week so congratulations to matt i better get a wedding invitation i'm tagging you on this i want to uh i want to go to florida to jacksonville florida for the wedding so uh like i said uh, i better get a wedding invitation happy birthday matt today is tim harris's birthday used to work up in the press box for him up at uh historic greater stadium good dude libertarian and just a great dude uh and then barry everhart a guy that was uh, a couple of years ahead of me in high school at North Wilkes High School. And just a great guy. Listen, thank you for listening to today's show. We'll see you tomorrow on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.